Hello all, it is Bridge Levoit, and I'm here with Theosaurus Rex. Greetings all, it is I, the Theosaurus Rex. Well, that was like, there was a little bit of a delay there, and I was like, did I lose him? <laughs> this technology nope. is wigging me out, man. It's not good. Have you tried going away from technology? Yeah, we could try doing Skype without technology. I, I don't know how that would work. Uh, it was like smoke signals. Hey, I, I was thinking, oh, welcome to ADD Masterminds, everybody. There, I said the name of the thingy. Um, hey, so anyways, um, I was thinking about how we call baby boomers, um, boomers. Boomers, right? yep. Why can't we call them baby? And so instead of okay boomer, it would be okay baby. Uh, because that, I... That sounds weird. Ugh. It's a lot funnier, Because that's not demeaning though. enough, I guess you could say. <laughs> okay, baby. All right. Uh, no, maybe uh, I, I can see where that's wrong. Hey, I, I, was, uh, I was at church on one Sunday, one fine Sunday. And, um, yeah, sometimes, you know when I'm doing video, it's like my nose gets itchy, and I'm like, if I scratch it, will it look like I'm picking it? You can just do it anyway. Yeah, I could. All right, that's for no, our, video, our video watchers, not video listeners. I kind of listen to my... It didn't look like you picked your nose. You're good. Okay, good, good, good. Okay. Yep. Anyways, hey, so <laughs> at church, there was like a song, and it was talking about He Never Changes. And um, mm-hmm. that's always been something that I'm like, you know, like when we talk about human beings, we're always like, if some, we say, yeah, that guy never changes, we're like, that's dumb. Human beings are supposed to change. If you don't change, you're not evolving. You're not alive. And so right. it made me think about that. I'm like, why, why is him not changing such a positive thing? And I thought about it. I'm like, well, if he is already perfect, he doesn't need to change, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Perfect holiness. And if you're perfect, you don't need to improve. So then there's us. Obviously, we're imperfect, um, right. and, and we're striving for incremental change to be more like holiness, to be more like perfection. Hmm. So then eventually we won't have to change. Um, yeah, well, probably not on Earth yeah. here. <laughs> oh, so sad. I don't, it's so weird to think, though, that you could ever get to a point where you wouldn't change. Because I'm like, it's fun to change. I love to change. So I... I don't really know what heaven will be like, whether the Bible says that we'll never change in heaven either. I don't know. Yeah. Does the, the Bible says he never changes, right? Correct. Yes. Hmm. And I think the I big thing if... with that is just the fact that you don't have to worry about him loving you one way or being a God of love and forgiveness one day. And then and the next day, uh-oh, now he's, he hates you and he's vindictive towards you and that kind of stuff. Because I do think like his approach to us changes. Yeah. And you I know think what it... I mean? Or is it that it's unique for each individual, and therefore it changes from person to person? As that person changes. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Very interesting. So you, yeah. you, you had something in the ADD master list. Um, it was yes. resigning to sin and the struggle for holiness. Yes. So one of my things that I am, I'm, that my kind of, if I were to write a doctoral thesis about something theological, it would be the idea of a, 
um, living a First John lifestyle. And in First John, John writes that I am writing these things to you so that you will not sin. And it's the Ooh. idea that if we as Christians have been made new in the in who Christ is and we have the righteousness of Christ and stuff like that, is it possible, and I would argue it is, to live a life once you're a Christian that doesn't include sin anymore? And the ramifications for that are like are huge. And a lot of times the people who, who would argue, well, let me before you, hey, what do you think about that? Is it possible to live a life that doesn't include sin? We won't get too theological into it. See, I wouldn't worry about getting there. Uh-huh. I think the idea is to approach that. So I, yeah. I, I remember uh, I, I was, as a young man, I was quite a deep thinker, unlike now. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And uh, actually, I've always been a deep thinker. That yeah, was supposed good. to be funny, but it wasn't that funny. Um, but um, I remember I was studying calculus. And, you know, in calculus, when you're making calculations, you're basically, the concept is that if you draw tangents around a curve, um, you get closer to actually being able to calculate the area of the curve. Uh-huh. And so you, if you were able to draw infinite tangents, then you would actually have the actual area of the curve. But right. we can't really draw infinite tangents so we make a calculation that approaches infinite. Yes. And I believe that's what we're called to do. We're called to approach infinity. We're called to approach holiness. Right. Um, so will we actually get there? I'm like, well, don't be disappointed if you don't. Maybe I'll put it that way. But right. it's like approach it. Let's work at holiness. Um, I actually, it was funny. I heard this sermon on holiness and the pastor said that there was a guy who had worked at holiness and practicing holiness. And he got to a point where when he went to speak at church, the people coming in would start crying in his presence because he was so holy. Oh, wow. I'm like, I want to be so holy. I make people cry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You got to make Speaking of holiness, speaking of holiness, weekly bachelor recap. Yes. The part I hate about the show. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) So, um, well, this really just gets me. One of the reasons I watch it is (laughs) because I start thinking about things with it. And the idea is um, so there's this one girl on there who is a um, spoiler alert who is a Christian, and um, her faith is really important to her, and uh-huh. she wants to save herself till marriage. Uh-huh. And the guy obviously didn't save himself for marriage due to other things we know show, and the other two girls don't. And they're going to go on the fantasy suite dates uh-huh. where you go and you spend the night with the person. Like that. A lot of right. times it's for sex. So I have found that for myself, I am fierce that she is so wholesome and pure and happy that I'm like, no, you can't do it. I'm going to forget this show if it, if she sleeps with him but with the other people i'm just like eh you know oh well they're gonna they're gonna do what they're gonna do mm. and so it got me thinking like when something is wholesome and pure it's like and i don't know if it's just other people but or, yeah i'm watching it with my mom so she's kind of the same way as i'm in this that i want to protect that thing that is wholesome and pure mm-hmm. but then if it's already been tarnished and whatnot it's kind of like eh you know you just kind of you're already tarnished. What does this it matter? Is, I prefer if you didn't. This is totally purity culture at its best, right? 
Maybe. Is it? It's like, you're now that crumpled up dollar bill. <laughs> wait. No, wait, wait. The crumpled up dollar bill is just as valuable as a regular dollar bill. Yes. So maybe that was the point. I, I think well, it's messed up how we um, delineate or how we, how we I guess, uh, we have a kind of a dualistic mindset with this, hmm. is that there's people that are worth keeping pure and then there's people that are like not worth keeping pure and i remember as a teenager i kind of was like this is the church girl that i marry one day this is the yeah. non-church girl that i can fool around with and it yeah. was like that was so wrong right so Absolutely. it's like can we but i i, I get that it's kind of like well we don't judge those outside the church or whatever but it's like we should want the best for people in the church and outside the church. Yes. It's hard, though, because when people go their own way, you don't want to sit there and be, like, hammering. It's like, no, you, should, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be using those words. You shouldn't be smoking that doobie, sir. <laughs> Is that what they call it in Canada? The doobie, sir? Oh, I thought you said bad duty, but okay, I got no, the No, I duty. said doobie. Yeah. Okay, that said... You know what a doobie is, right? Yes. Undoobie diddly. Doobie diddly. So, okay, oh, so I am on take... a roll. <laughs> what if we take it out of like the whole aspect of purity and look at the certain thing of do is it so while I do respect but I wish all the people wouldn't do it. But there is something about protecting that which is like pure, like innocent, like with little kids, we may not cuss around them right. or we try to um, shelter them for stuff. And um, ah, what? Oh no, 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 no! Where'd it go? It just left. It left. My top the, hat the is thought? gone. The, yes, your, the thought. Your top but whereas hat. Is we don't. Gone. Yeah, because I, I wear my top hat. Okay. I think we can see it today. All right. Anyway, um, I think that. Uh, so I guess part of my thing is, what if we got to the point where where we wanted to, where we treated everyone, and kind of guess along with like what you were saying before, what if we treated everyone like they were wholesome and pure, and we tried to prevent things from happening to them, or didn't want things to happen, or wished the best that they wouldn't engage in those things? Right. So I think that was my overall point to that. Huh. Well. Yes. I I think this this is very similar to our discussion about war and how we mm -hmm. value human life because it's like well this person was born in another country therefore we think about their lives differently or yeah. you know like even if we talk about our own family versus somebody else's family and it's like a kid got hit by a car was it my kid or your kid it was you know and the person's like it was my kid and you're like oh good Right? I mean, there's part of you yeah. that thinks that. And so it's in our nature to look at some things and value them more. And I, I think that we need to, you know, realize that it's like every human being is one of God's children. Um, I don't know if you've read The Shack, but that's yes. kind of, that kind of was a big part of it, right? Is like, that's my child. And it's like this guy that did this horrible thing to your daughter, he's also mm -hmm. my child. And it's like, whoa, right? That and so I think, I think it's very important that we're able to see the value of human life as even keel. Now, I mean, if we've got a child being exposed 
to something, you know, something pornographic mm -hmm. versus someone who's in the sex industry, uh, you're going to see it differently, right? Because it's like, yeah. well, this child, we don't want them to go down that road. This person's already down this road, and we want to pull them out of that if we can right. um, help them get out of that. I mean, it was really actually, you know, crazy. I just, I just read um, yesterday that Steven Spielberg's daughter has decided to become an adult film star. And hmm. she said, and I didn't read the article, I just saw the, I just saw the um, headline. But it was just basically her saying, I want to make people happy. And I was like, wow. Like, that's, wow. Like, wh yeah. what is the meaning of making people happy? I mean, that's, that's a whole interesting thing, right? Because it's like, um, and this actually kind of jumps into what Beth Moore says, um, does God want us to be happy? And, you know, there's kind of that Christian thing that says, uh, no, God does not want you to be happy. He wants you to be holy. And it's like, that's kind of miserable sounding. It is. But it's like, God doesn't want us to be happy necessarily. He wants us to be fruitful. And fruitfulness can lead to happiness. And I'm like, I right. think that's a much better way of explaining it. So I'm glad Beth Moore did not go home on this one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, well, you, we, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. And we feel, sorry. Um, I think he, he enjoys or he, he likes for us, he, he wants us to be able to enjoy the things and to, to be happy in a way. But I don't think his, his angle is for us like to always be happy. Like happiness yeah. at the exclusion of everything else. And oh, I think totally. that. Finding being fruitful, like she mentioned, I guess in this case, leads to happiness, and I think that's part of it. Like he wants us to, to be able to do things that um, he that that make us happy. And yeah, yes, I'm sorry, I had to externally process that for a second, but I'm going to agree with you. Yeah, I know it's a lot, but it's interesting um, to to look at like what happiness is. And how I think our world values happiness above all else. Um, but it's like happiness can be a byproduct of God working in our lives. But it's not the yeah. goal of God working in our lives. That's and right, it's yeah. like maybe the difference between happiness and joy. And it's like in the midst of any circumstance, you can have joy. Wow. That's good. It's like keeping us afloat, hey? It's like I'm never below the water no matter what happens. Because I have joy. I got the joy. Yeah. Um, all right. You said, can we have others fight our battles? The morality of having muscle. Yes. So um, it's kind of the idea of, um, and we had, uh, not, we're not getting political, not getting political at all, <laughs> but about having people, like, about having people to fight our battles for us when we can't do it. And not necessarily physically, but like emotionally supportive and stuff like that. Um, if we are hiring or convincing people or asking other people to do something that we believe is wrong, is that moral if they mm. don't find it to be immoral? Well, that, that's really interesting. Cause I mean, we could, we could do, we could take this to something like instead of going, you know, to war and politics with this, we could go even to just like, saying, you know, if we're going to be really legalistic and say, like, Sunday is the day that you don't work. Yeah. And 
you go to church, and you go to a restaurant right after that. And mm-hmm. I remember something my dad would always say is like, why are we, why are we making those people work on a Sunday? Yes. And it's like, it's that same kind of mentality. I remember mentioning that to, you know, a friend of the families and he's like, yeah, let the heathens work on Sunday. I was like, <laughs> whoa. And that's similar to what we were just saying about like how it's like, oh, there's a, you know, we're going to be dualistic with this and say mm-hmm. that we're the Christians, they're the heathens. Yeah. And we're okay with the heathens breaking all the rules. And if it works to our benefit, that's awesome, right? right. Um, so, I mean, when it comes to violence, like, I still, you know, I'm a person that I'm not a fan of violence. I don't use that as a means to get what I want. Yet, I value the protection that a police officer gives me, right? right. And they may have to get violent on my behalf. So I think that we have to consider um, why we're holding to a conviction if we are depending on someone else to break that rule for us. So if I'm practicing Sabbath, why am I allowing someone to break the Sabbath to help Mm -hmm. me keep my Sabbath? Why am I, if I hold to nonviolence, why am I willing to let someone else break that rule so that I can hold my rule. And so maybe we need to hold to those convictions loosely if we're still going to be okay with someone doing it on our behalf. Otherwise, it is hypocritical, right? So I do believe sometimes violence is necessary. I don't Mm -hmm. want it to be, but one day it may be. Yeah. And... God, just there's so much stuff to, to unpack with that. Hmm. Um, now, I know, like, so I used to always be, before I, I started doing retail more often, yeah. I was like, oh, man, I feel so bad for those people, you know, who have to, to be there on, like, um, uh, New Year's Eve, and, or not New Year's Eve, like Thanksgiving and that kind of thing. Yeah. And um, I, so I personally never shopped because I want to support that. Right. However... One of my friends who came from a terrible like family thing, she was like, I am so glad that I get to work on Thanksgiving. I don't have to be around family, and I get time and a half. And I was <laughs> like, hmm, that's very interesting. Hmm. But then now working in retail, where at, at times where I, have to, where I have to work there in times, it's like we get people who are like, you know, I am so – it is so terrible that you have to be at work tonight. And it's hmm. like, then why are you here? Like – you know, if it's, we're only here because you guys are here. Stop showing up, and then we don't have to worry about it. Yeah. But. Yeah. Well, that's it. I think we hold these ideals. So it's either we need to hold to these ideals for real and not be hypocrites about it, or we need to temper our ideals a bit and say, like, ideally, I think this, but obviously yeah. I don't take it seriously enough. For me to hold to that ideal, so maybe that ideal is impractical. <laughs> it's like that's we fair. need to reevaluate things, and that's—I mean—that's part two of um, being part two. Sounds like I'm talking oh. about a two-parter, but no, that's yeah. part also of being a fully congruent person, right? It's like uh-huh. what's on the outside is on the inside, right? And or in vi- vice versa, right? It's like your words match your deeds. And so maybe that's something we all need to work at because I think there's a lot of theoreticals that we're like, 
I really believe this. And it's like, but your actions don't match that. Or the right. actions or your lack of action forces other people to take actions that go against that. And we need to be aware of that so we can be fully congruent people. Right. I like that word, congruent. It's congruent. Cool word. I like words so much. <laughs> words are awesome. Hey, when people say, like, hey, can you entertain the guests? Are you always, like, wondering, what should I be doing? Should I be, like, spinning plates? or? <laughs> no, that's a terrible idea. You've, you've heard that term before, though, right? Yes. Entertaining guests. I'm just like, you entertain the guests. It's like, all right. Okay, I'm going to uh, do my uh, stand-up routine. It might be a little coarse, though. Can you maybe ask the children to leave? <laughs> have them go wait outside for a minute. It's not good for their ears, but it's okay for your ears because you're not pure like they are. <gasps> oh, my goodness. You just brought the... Oh, my goodness. Money, see what you did this. Money in ministry. Yes. Um, I think... Oh, my goodness. There's so much... Okay, sorry. Got to condense it down. Got to condense it down. We got this. Um, so a lot of times it comes to the, like, you know, when you're, so there is something about, like, not wanting to have, like, a lot of possessions and, you know, not wanting to have any kind of, like, to put money, you know, on, like, an altar and, like, maybe sacrifice what you're called to do, you know, in terms of your ministry so mm -hmm. that you can go out and make more money and stuff like that. Yeah, but then we're also putting the, there's also the situation where it's like at some point you need to be able to have money so that you can minister to people. So like if I let's say I, I don't have a job and I'm going out there and working with people and and helping the poor and stuff like that. At some point, maybe having a job would allow me to help the poor even more. Oh, yeah, mm. here's five dollars, you know, out of the, the you know, ten dollars I have in my bank account or here's $500 out of the $10,000 that I have in my bank account type thing. And I think that we as Christians get put in a, a weird kind of thing where like sometimes in order to best minister, we have to not be in active like vocational ministry or not have to be actively like sacrificing that, you know, that kind of ideal of, of living with enough and, and giving all of your possessions to the poor, like that type of thing. Mm. Kind of like we were talking about before. And, and I think it's it's a it's a difficult thing to figure out. Like, where do we strike that balance? So, what do you, what do you think about that, man? It really depends on what you're doing, right? Because I, I I think like I always think like with what I do right now, right, with the podcasting, the music, and all that. And it's like I know like for that, I guess it's not really helping the poor, <laughs> but <laughs> so not right, really comparable, but. Yeah. I mean, if, 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 if I really believe in the message I'm bringing, it's like the reason why I would want to do it full time is so I can do more of it, mm. right? It's not really money related so much as like I'd love to be able to put all of my heart into this and be yeah. able to do this all the time and write books and do speaking engagements and all that, right? So right. that's cool, right? So now if I wanted to help the homeless... Um, it depends on what I'm doing. If it is helping the homeless using um, money and being able to you know, put that money into the homeless, well, then it's like, well, I don't really even need to spend time with them. I could just work like an awesome job on Wall Street and put all that money into the homeless, right? But it's right. Like, if I want to spend quality time with the homeless, then I'm going to want to do it full time 
so I can live with them, right? So I can get right in there with them and minister that way. Yeah. So I think like if you want to do both, you're probably going to have to do half and half. Get that job that pays you well for half the time and then spend half of your time actually spending quality time with the homeless and spending that money, right? I don't yeah. know. Though, like, it's so interesting because vocational ministry is something I've been really wrestling with is like uh-huh. this notion of it. Because I mean, like I, I say this all the time. I love what I do right now um, for a job, but also like what I do outside of my job. And I'm fully mm-hmm. independent in what I'm doing. I mean, yeah. we're just doing like on Wax Museum, we're doing a two part series on the universal Christ with Richard Rohr. Wow. wow. I mean, I think, I think we're probably getting into some sketchy stuff. <laughs> I, I haven't listened to the two part that we did yet, but I'm like, Uh-oh. huh, we are all gods. I don't know. That might be a little shaky. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it, it's going to be a really interesting listen to see how it came out and whether I did stand my ground on this or what. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we did pull scripture a few times too, right? And that was like scriptures that Roar referred to. But I'm just like, the thing is, is I can do that. Like I could do that and I can explore these things and I'm not going to lose my job as a pastor. Right. Um, and I like that. And I like that I'm able to ask questions and I won't get Rob Belled, right? Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah. But I, I think, you know, people that are in full-time ministry... They have to be very careful in what they say and what they do. And I think yep. they're forced into a cage. And so it's like, if it's a good cage, I guess we're okay. But it's just like, it's just, it's sad to me that people get into a position where they can or cannot say certain things. And I think maybe that's what's happened with politics too, but with pastors, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's crazy that they can't just speak. Right. Right. And I mean, it bothers me at some level, too, when pastors do speak stuff that's too political, because it's like it's similar to what happens with celebrities when they get too political. It's like the hordes and the masses, the masses of people are just going to do what they say. And I think it skews things because there's there's people that are like, I guess, naive enough to just hang on every word of that person. So maybe that's why sometimes pastors have to be careful what they say. And maybe because I have very little influence, right? I have probably some influence, but I have a little bit of influence. It's, it's, um, it's okay for me to go off the rails and most people won't notice. <laughs> right? Right. But it's like, so I, I think that's part of it too, is like when I think about full-time ministry, I think, you know, that person's going to be hampered. They're not going to be able to be entirely real. And so if you want to help the homeless, if you're going to do it in full-time ministry, you're likely under an umbrella of something that will hamper your ability to do everything you want to do. It may hamper what you're called to do because it's very hard Mm. for a calling to match up perfectly with a denomination, I think. Yeah. Hmm. Hey, have and you seen the... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, and that's one of the things, kind of along that lines, like, 
uh, the job that I was at beforehand, um, I was talking with one of my buddies who's also going to seminary, and he was like, why would you want to work for, like, a church or do any kind of, like, vocational ministry like that? Because then if you disagree with them, you've got to worry about being fired. Mm-hmm. This way, I can say whatever I want to say, yep. and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I, I do think um, it also, though, some of the thing with, like, the money and, and, and the jobs and vocations like that comes to a like a false sense of, like, spiritualness, where, mm-hmm. like, we want to pretend that, like, money doesn't matter. Yeah. And then in doing that, we and attempt to be like spiritual, then we, we back out of being able to, to do the work of Christ, which a lot of times would make us more spiritual. It's an interesting, Jesus is so interesting the way he did things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he really rocked the boat. I mean, he rocked that religious boat. And so it's, it's really interesting how when someone does rock the boat, people are like, Oh, hold on. This doesn't, we don't like this. Let's yeah. uh, stop funding him, right? And it's like, and so, and I mean, I get it. Like, there's a level at which someone's actually legitimately misleading people. Yes. Um, and so we don't want to be okay with that. But I, I do question at some point how much of this is just the establishment and where the money is that's influencing mm. everything. Yeah. And so I don't, I just, I like independence. I like artists that are independent. And I just, it's fun to explore these things without really any cost. Um, Have you, is, are those NASA shirts really popular where you live? NASA ones? Yeah, I just like insist, I just insist on calling it NASA. Why? I just thought that's Don't funny. That. <laughs> I just decided yeah. I want an NASA shirt. <laughs> oh, no, it's so sad. That was the whole uh, yes, that was the they whole are very bit. popular. That was the whole bit. Oh. You know that if you say man after everything you say, you sound high? Yeah, man. Man. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. That's I want one of those NASA shirts, man. Man. <gasps> Did I sound oh, high? I don't know. Kind of. You're from Canada, though, so it kind of just, you know. I sound high all the time. We oh, do, it's hard to differentiate. We do have legal marijuanas here, so. Oh, great. Devil's, devil's lettuce. I was listening. Actually, I was listening to um, some English dude. And he kept, oh, no, no, it was like, I was watching some YouTube videos of these, these guys from, like, India who were explaining a bunch of, like, science stuff I'm trying to learn. And they kept saying lettuce, and I kept thinking lettuce. Like, they would open, it's like, let us find out about, or whatever, right? <laughs> and yeah. I kept thinking lettuce. I just, I don't know. It's a funny language thing. Let us pray. Yeah, I, I, you know, there's some words that just sound cool with accents. Like my favorites right now are um, poverty. What does that even mean? Poverty. Oh, yeah. pov- okay, sorry. Yeah. And polarity. Polarity. Huh? Wow, that is that sounds odd. Isn't that fun? Yes. Um, polarity. So I, I did a podcast with um, Jimmy Humphrey on art, um, and um, somebody brought up this idea of 
um, in the comments of um, avant-garde art. I'm actually mm -hmm. not even sure what avant-garde is. It's just usually weird stuff. Um, yes. But he said avant-garde is prophetic. And I think he brought up the idea that avant-garde artists use raw materials and they create something new. And I was thinking about how like that's really what prophecy requires is actually getting raw materials and creating something new. It's easy enough for you to like sit there and listen to like NT Wright all day and then be mm -hmm. like, oh, there's this cool idea that NT Wright has. Oh, you know what else NT Wright said was this. And there's no real prophetic in that. I mean, I guess NT Wright's got some like great insights, but it's like you're just regurgitating the same stuff. Just like if I was making music and I right. just like listened to like uh, Ariana Grande all day and I just made oh music my. that's similar to hers, right? Right. Um, there's nothing new there, right? But it's like in order to create something new or to be prophetic, you need to go to source material that is closer to raw materials. Yeah. And so I've been finding like even just like listening to a variety of different types of podcasts and everything, I feel like I'm able to get more kind of raw materials because I'm putting together pieces just like I do like musically. I'm, I'm right. picking, you know, finding parts of stuff, parts of inspiration that come from like a variety of different sources. Um, I, I really interesting. I was um, I heard about this guy who's trying to sue the uh, Super Bowl people for that halftime performance because it's sending him to hell because it was pornographic. Oh. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I was like, all right, yeah, you do you. But I mean, it turns out the guy has a podcast, and I was like, oh, I'm trying to intrigue to hear what he has to say if he's got anything yeah. like actually valuable to say, right? Because um, right. I'm like, I just don't think it's a Christian thing to sue, but like, whatever. Let's not get political. Yeah. Um, not but, getting political. But um, it's like, have you watched uh, Arrested Development? Yes. No touching. No touching. No touching. No touching. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, um, so I, I was listening to that podcast, and they were talking about like pornography and all this stuff. But this guy said something that I thought was so profound. He said when David, when, when um, other kings were going to battle, David was at home watching pornography. Ooh, and I was like, whoa. I was like, that's such an interesting thought. I mean, I yeah. I've heard about, like, I've heard the idea of, like, you know, other kings were, you know, if he would have gone to war like other kings, like, would have done and, like, he should have been at, he wouldn't have had this issue. Mm -hmm. But then yeah. that adding that on there throws, like, a total. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's crazy, too, because it's, like, there's, there's a lot there because it's, like, not only did David, like, view that, but he also summoned the woman to his room. And it's, like, yeah. he's the king. He's got all this power. It's like it's not like she could have been like, yeah, I'm not feeling it, David. I mean, right. Mr. King, whatever, right? So there's like a power dynamic there, and then David trying to cover it up, and there's just so much that went down, and it's incredible that with all that went down, that David was still considered 
a man after God's own heart. Yeah. It tells me there's hope for <laughs> me, even. Right. It's a beautiful thing. And, like, and the thing with him is, like, he was so much, like, you know, people, like, how do we, like, when he screwed up, like, he really screwed up. Like it was a, I'm not just going to, I'm not just going to let's over here for a second. I'm going to do this. I'm then going to go and have the guy killed. No, I'm going to lie, have him brought home try to cover it up. Then I'm going to have him killed. Then I'm going to go in there and do this other stuff. And so it wasn't just like a, I'm just going to lust for a minute. It was like a, and I'm going to marry the person and try to get them not like, it's just, wow. But then yeah. with that said, then he ended up being, he was, you know, like said, he was a man after God's own heart. He's the one that we're to look to. Um, you know, as a as an example of things, mm-hmm. and just hopefully not make the same mistakes as him. Well, and, and and you know, I think part of it too is like when we talk about like um, I, I I'm really stuck on how the Apostle Paul said, "Follow my example," and it's mm-hmm. like most Christians I know would be like, "Don't look at me, look at him," right? Like that's kind yes. of the going saying. And I'm like, I think we need to live a life worthy of the calling, and we should be able to say to people, follow my example. Right. Part of your example is, yeah, um, I committed adultery. I used my power to seduce a woman, and then I killed her husband to cover it up. And I'm going to show you guys what being repentant over that really looks like. Right. And it's like, right. It's the repentance. And so I think when when Paul also said, follow my example, he didn't say, follow my example because I'm perfect. Right. He was, I'm going to show you what it looks like to try to follow God and know that even though I do the things I don't want to do, I'm going to be repentant. I'm going to remain humble and I'm going to admit my faults. And that's part of right. the example is admitting your faults and showing what true repentance goes in, looks like. And so if we can all do that, then we can legitimately say to people, follow my example. Yeah. And you just, and in some ways, like that's part of like how we, we get our testimony or whatever. And like, so one of our, I'm working with the ministry and we're looking to replace one of our board members and stuff Mm. like that. And, um, one of the guys we're looking at, um, he used to be a pastor. And, um, so when we were talking to some of the people about it, we're like, yeah, so this gentleman used to be a pastor. Oh, why wasn't he a pastor? And we're just like, Oh, I don't know if we should say it, but then we went ahead and he ended up committing adultery with somebody in the, in the church. And Mm. then, but he reconciled, um, or he, he, you know, repented, stepped down, reconciled with his wife. Everything's good. He's, went through counseling and stuff like that. And it's like, and as we, we went through and explained that, then the, one of the guys who was really concerned at first was like, you know what, that's a, that's a perfect story for redemption and, and um, repentance and showing that like he actually, and that's, that's, he would be a great asset to, mm. you know, the organization. And so it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, as long as we, and we shouldn't like, you know, advertise that, Hey guys, you should do what I do. But yeah. it's one of the things we shouldn't hide from it and then use the, then we can use that and it could help other people potentially. Yeah, and I think where that gets tricky is if we have some kind of a, like an abuse of power kind of situation with the pastor, 
yeah. and to say, oh, well, he's okay with God now, and he's okay with his wife now, so good to go? And it's right, like, okay, see. but what happened to that trust, you know, between him and his congregation? Like, there's a lot more at stake than just merely their relationship with God and their relationship with their wife, right? And I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, like, when I think of, like, someone like Mark Driscoll, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, he seemed really, like, upset about what he had done. Um, and, you know, there were people who were like, yeah, we should forgive him. And it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I can forgive him for whatever he did because I have no idea what it is, right? Yeah. But it's like, what about the people that are actually hurt the most in that situation? We need to repair that somehow before. And, I mean... Also, I mean, I think there are some people, and I think we talked about this in Cancel, our Cancel Culture podcast I did with um, Jimmy. I think there's some people that won't get fully restored. And, you know, because it's funny, um, Jimmy talks about a friend of his, or this guy that he knew, who came back right after cheating on his wife. And he's like, look, look, Jimmy, I've got a gift, though, and the people need it. And it's like, whoa, whoa, a little bit of a God complex, right? And so it's like, you know, you know, God's going to get things done whether you do them or not, right? Like, right. it's like you have an opportunity to serve. And I think, you know, if you do have a huge fall from grace, um, find out what the new calling could be. Because God might give you a different calling and it won't be as big of a platform. That's possible. And right. we could be okay with that. And I, I'm assuming that this guy that you guys are looking at is not necessarily going to be restored to the same glory <laughs> he was at before. Right. No, it's, it's a different kind of role. It's a smaller role, right? And it's, it's a, like yeah, it's a very different role. Yeah, and that's okay. And that's probably better. It's like let's let's put these people in situations, let's set them up for success. Let's not set them up with the exact same situation where they have the same amount of power and they have, you know, and I think there's yeah. a lot there. And I think, you know, like, it's, it's funny because there are a lot of people that are still upset over Driscoll. And Driscoll's like, yeah, I'm just going to start another church now. And it's like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't know what. Yeah, anyways. Um, right. So, yeah, so raw materials and, like, listening to a variety of sources. So my friend that I did um, the Universal Christ with, um, he uh, gave me this book. It's an audio book. And it's Alan Watts. It's called Out of Your Mind. Um, and he, <laughs> it opens with them introducing this guy. And it's in the 1960s, like super hippie, crazy people, right? Yeah. And they're like, and they introduce him as a self-proclaimed spiritual entertainer. And it's like, is that oh. like not the craziest job title I've ever heard? A spiritual and enter- what does that even mean? What, what does it mean to be a spiritual self-proclaimed entertainer? spiritual entertainer? Yeah. Like that makes it even more like shady. But right. um, he says something that I thought was really interesting: the sound of rain requires no translation. Oh, that's very interesting. Well, and I'm thinking like it's like we get so hung up on people saying the right words. Right. In fact, I'm like, I, I, um, in one of my songs that I'm going to be releasing with the full album, I say, can we find the right magic words to get God on our side? 
and it's mm-hmm. almost kind of um kind of teasing out this idea of what I guess what religion is because it's like no you got to use the right words no you got to believe the right things and I think it's like there's people that use all the right words but their hearts are not really aligned um yeah. and as we say in um one of the episodes I'm not sure if it's the first one or the second one for um universal Christ there's like where Jesus says many people will say lord lord and it's like don't trust those people and it's like their words it's it means nothing because there's no action and mm-hmm. it's like what is what does true action look like and i um i actually i posted on um twitter on my johnny howe account i said you know like why are we like so hung up on talking about who doesn't belong in the kingdom of god I think there's more people that belong than you think. And then oh, someone, wow. someone replied with the narrow gate passage and said that few people pass through it. And I was like, oh, okay, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I think the problem <laughs> is, is that you're assuming you're one of those people passing through the narrow gate because <gasps> you're saying the magic words. I didn't say yeah. that, but I thought about that. And I was like thinking, it's like the narrow gate, I don't think the narrow gate is magic words. I think the narrow gate is a specific posture. Yeah. You know, because like, it's like when the rich young ruler came up to Jesus um, and he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus didn't say, just say my name really fast three times. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, he said, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And it's like, what? But I don't want to do that. And it's like, I think it's that humble posture and being able to say, you know what? My station in life doesn't matter. I want, I want, I want God more than that, right? I want that connection more than that. I am willing to do, give everything for the least of these. Yeah. And... Uh, Go ahead. There's a lot. There's so much. There's always so much to unpack with like everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, I do think that a lot of times we try to, like you're talking about with that saying that's right kind of word and whatnot, and that it does require, it requires action and it requires a change of of ourselves. Um, but then it also. Now, what if the thing to the rich young ruler was just because that was his thing? Yeah, like oh no, no. I was going to truly follow. I don't think it's evidence that, you know, Jesus is saying to everybody, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, you've got people, I mean, like, everybody, everybody has a different level, too, of wealth, right? And right. so it's like, okay, so, hey, homeless guy with a sandwich, give away your sandwich to a poor person. Oh, now you're, now you're poor. Um, hey, poor exactly. person that just got the sandwich. Give your sandwich to the poor person that doesn't have a sandwich. This could go on forever. But it's forever. like, I, I, I think there are, yeah, there are specific things that we need to lay down and God will call us to lay down. I remember right. uh, one day I was sitting in a service and um, a friend of mine who's currently an atheist, I don't know what, he must have been agnostic at the time because I had him come to church with me in, mm-hmm. you know, in my college town of Grand Prairie, Alberta. Whoop, whoop. 
Um, but uh, he came to church with me, and I could sense the Holy Spirit saying to me, offer him your Bible. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but this Bible was a gift to me. I really like this Bible. And he's right. like, offer it. And I'm like, okay. Fine. So I turned to him, and I'm like, hey, do you, do you have a Bible? And he's like, yeah, I have one at home. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I had like that moment where I'm like, that wasn't the Holy Spirit. And then, <laughs> and then I had a moment That's right so after <laughs> that where I realized it was kind of like an Abraham moment where it was just like, yeah, I was just checking to see if you would do it. And it's like giving up my Bible, <laughs> right. you know, was my rich young ruler moment in that moment, right? Yeah. I'd say right now my challenge has been um, I've been trying to find time to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I've been doing now is whenever I'm on my way to work, whether I'm driving to the bus stop or whether I'm commuting, you know, to the city, which takes probably 45 minutes, on the way to will always be my prayer time. Okay. So no That's radio, good. no nothing. I'm praying out loud while I'm driving. On my way home is my listen time. Ooh. So I'm kind of practicing. I think it's kind of what contemplative prayer is. It's like just uh-huh. sitting in the moment. And it's like if God gives me a word, cool. If he doesn't, it's just going to be silence. Right. And so I've been working at that. And like for me right now, that's been the sacrifice because I'm just like, I really want to hear the rest of that podcast or I want to hear this song. Right. And it's like, no, no, no. And trying to get myself to focus, too, because on the way home, it's just like I got so many cool ideas for like social media posts. (laughs) Stuff like that. I'm like, oh, that'd be a funny thing to say. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. I'm supposed to be listening. And it's just interesting how my mind wanders, especially when right. you're caught in traffic. But I, I think oh. it's helping kind of my anger level, too, because I'm just like in the moment, like being in the moment. But I, I think hmm. from time to time, God will challenge us to lay things down. At one point for me, it was laying down my Bible. Um, at this point for me right now, it's laying down my extra 30 minutes or whatever to listen to podcasts or listen to music. Yeah. Yeah, it's your time, and that's what he's mm-hmm. calling. He's calling you yeah, for your time. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I think that a lot of times, um, oh no, 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 it just went away. Dang it, my, I'm sorry, my brain is, I'm, I'm very ADD today. <laughs> my brain just goes away. Well, um, you're on the right show then. Woo! I think that a lot of times when we are. Um, For someone who's really busy a lot, of, uh, a lot, time is one of your most valuable assets. Oh, it is. And if yeah. you got a lot of stuff, and so there is, so I think we, one of the things we have to do is come up with ways to like to help us like focus on things. So for me, um, I like I'll, I'll volunteer at like a um, a weekend or something like that, like a weekend retreat where you go and you pray during while the, while speak. There's twenty prayer going twenty four hours a day. Yeah. Um, and so then when like there's a speaker speaking, there's groups of people that go in there and pray. I so there were some times where I was praying really late at night and I fell asleep during you know whatever because I just ran out of things to pray about or like if I'm praying for, and she's like after about you know. Depending on how ADD I am that day, you know, after five minutes, okay, I've already prayed for everyone that I can think of in the room, and 
and then you know or whatever so i have found that and a lot of people don't like this so like but having music or worship or something like that going on in the background it just helps me i get i just mm. go into a mood where i'm just like you know what i'm just going to focus on you god and then you know, if whatever, if my spirit says anything to you silently, that's cool. You know, if I feel led to pray about something or whatever, um, or maybe I'll start just like almost praying the words of the song over the people or whatever it could be. And, um, but it's about that taking. So for me, it's intentionally not thinking about other things Hmm. and then listening to that. And like, just in many ways, just like being quiet. Yeah. Cause I talk so much. Yeah. Me too. Yes. (laughs) And being an external processor, then it's difficult because yeah. in, in my time of reflection and stuff like that, I'm also talking about things because that's yeah. how I reflect. Yeah. 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 Right. And I think sometimes it's like I, I need to lay down the spotlight. Yeah. I need to be not noticed. I need to be okay with people not knowing about this glorious brain of mine. Right. <laughs> Is that possible? Yeah. Oh, it people is. don't already know. <laughs> it's totally possible. Mm, people are right. just like that. Yeah, John guy's a goofball. He's so it's weird. Like, all right, cool. <laughs> um, I am a goofball. Yes, a, but that's okay. I'm a deep goofball. Right, with deep thoughts about deep things. Yeah, I'm a deep goofball. That's the title of this episode. Um, <laughs> all right. So you said when everything is X, is anything X? Yes. Um, so this, not getting political, mm-hmm. um, but I think there's like, there's a almost. Is this like a cry wolf scenario? In many ways, yes. Mm. Um, specifically, and so I've been thinking about this a lot, like in terms of political things, but then there's also like the, if you, and it kind of on, on my podcast, I talked about like love and how, you know, we, I love tacos. Or I don't love tacos as much as like, I think I will eventually love my wife, like that mm. type of thing. Um, so we kind of muddy up the word love. And so, yeah. so in this case, if we make X love, if everything is love, is anything really love? And like, if yeah. you say you, oh, like and on The Bachelor, he's dating four girls. He says he loves them all. And it's like, okay, do you really even know what you either don't know what love is or you, you, you don't really love these people? Or like, you know, if we go and say, oh, yes, I'm a Christian. And, but if everyone's a Christian, there's no standard to yeah. what a Christian is. Can anyone really be a Christian? There's, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I, you know, I think it'd be funny is if the bachelor, the waiter, like, brings him his steak and he's like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I, I do think words, yeah, words can use, lose their meaning if we... Um, if we do that, if we overuse them, because um, yeah. I, I know a lot of times there's things, you know, that people will use critically, you know, and say, well, this person is uh, whatever. Right. Right. And it's like if everyone if you call them that word, then that word loses its meaning. I think words matter. Um, we need to very be very precise in our speech and be very honest and be willing to sometimes, I think part of this too is like, we want to say words that are going to get noticed, particularly on social media. It's like, you want to use words that are going to make you noticed so that people will be like, Ooh, that's a very 
provocative, you know, thought, right? And it's like you can overdo that. And it's actually what I was I was talking about um, artistic expression as like a spice that you add to mm. the conversation or you add to the world, right? It's like what is your flavor? If your flavor is spicy, there's such thing as too much spice. And it's yeah, like if sure. you add too much spice to the conversation, then everyone's tongue gets numb and the spice means nothing now. Right. And so I, I think that's what it is. And so, yeah, man, like the word love, like when you're talking about like, you know, your buddy and you're like, I love you, man. See, that's one thing. But when you're saying it to like a significant other, um, that may be something you want to save for that one person you're going to marry. I know that was something right. for me. I was like, I want to save this for the girl I marry. Right. Yeah. So, well, and that's, you know, that's one of the beautiful things about like the Greek, you know, they had, I think it was like 10 or 12 words for love, but the, you know, there were three of them that were specifically used most of the time. Eros. You know, the brotherly love. No, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Right. And then the Hebrews had the kind of the same way, but we just translate everything love. And so, yeah. um, yeah. And so then we go and then we go into the whole thing of like, that really gets you to question like, well, what do I actually believe these things or whatever? Anyway, that's the whole nother craziness of stuff. Because it's all about using the right magic words. <gasps> wow. It, when, whenever I hear someone say, can I make a confession? Uh-huh. I always assume what follows will be a confession to murder. Oh, wow. Then I'm initially <laughs> disappointed. Then I'm relieved that it is some sort of transgression less than murder. But it actually takes me a minute to be like, <laughs> oh, they didn't oh. kill someone. Oh. I mean, oh, I'm glad. I'm glad they didn't kill someone. <laughs> That's terrible. (laughs) I think we should just leave our listeners with that thought. Let's do it. (laughs) All right. Hey, so you have you have like a series of podcasts coming out, right? And you already came out with the one on kind of dealing with disappointment. Is that kind of the topic? Yeah, about um, I look at Ecclesiastes three one that talks about having seasons about things. Oh yeah. Because yes. I'm trying to, I've still got all this terrible stuff going on in my life, and I'm yeah. trying to find out why it's happening. And so I'm asking these yeah. questions, and this, I'm, I'm kind of going to my podcast, um, anchor.fm slash thesourcerex, or you can follow me on Twitter. I post stuff too. Um, and you can kind of come along with me in my journey. Yeah. Because I don't have all the answers, but I'm, I'm trying to find out stuff, and, and certain things in my searches are, are encouraging. But they still don't answer my questions, which makes it sad. <laughs> yeah. Please. Yeah. But, I don't... It's funny. We're always looking for answers, hey? Yeah. And we're, like, kind of assuming there's going to be an answer at some point. Right. That would... Well, or at least, like, an explanation, because it's like... You know, I, I, I had a back surgery at one point, and I was on narcotics and painkillers yeah. and stuff like that, and... I when I got off of them, I didn't realize I was going through withdrawals because I had no idea. And then I'm going in my counseling class, like yes, withdrawals are like this. And I'm like, holy crap, I'm going through these right now. That totally makes oh. sense. 
And I was like, but then I saw, and my cousin was later, we found that he got addicted to heroin and stuff like that. So when he was talking about his withdrawal symptoms, while I, I was nothing close to what it was like for heroin, I could kind of like, I, I totally know a little bit about what you're going through. And like yeah. when my family or relatives were like, oh, he's just, blah, 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 blah. I was like, no, 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 there's a struggle there. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a, because so of that, it ended up being a lesson in that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting to me because it's kind of like there's like a certain threshold at which we're like, okay, now I want answers, right? Right. Because it's like I'm going up the stairs, I stub my toe on the, you know, on the stair, right? And it's like, wow, my toe really hurts. Why? Why did you let this happen, God? Right? And God, it's like, why yeah. would you do this? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, actually, I'm kind of the idiot that couldn't walk up the stairs properly, right? And so it's, right. it's kind of like... And maybe there's always something to be learned, you know, whether God has orchestrated this for the greater good or mm-hmm. whether it's like you just did something stupid. But I think like all of this is formational. And so it's like, it let's is. not waste this. Maybe. Yeah. And finding meaning in it. I guess maybe, maybe it's not answers that you want so much as finding meaning. And finding a way to something better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah at least if, because if I knew, like, oh, I'm going through this because of whatever, then it would be like, yeah. okay, that's cool. That would be yeah. easier. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. And then um, I'm hopefully going to be talking with um, one of the gentlemen and his wife who I met on uh, Twitter. And we're going to talk about... Um, the relationship of, of women in church, not in like a political way, but just in terms of like how Christianity has is one of the, the things that has elevated women yeah. above like a lot of Western society, all these other yeah. kind of things. Christianity, like women have a very honored place in Christianity, but for some yeah. reason it's looked as though as like Christianity oppresses women. Ooh. And real uh-oh. quick, real Go quick. For it. Just an interesting thing. I, I heard somebody's take on Mary and Martha. And uh-huh. um, Martha was like the one that was serving, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Mary was at Jesus' feet. Right. And somebody's take on it was that Mary's position was actually where the dude should be. Martha's position is where the women should be. The women should be serving. Right. And it's the and dudes that-, that hang out. And Mary was being a dude. And Jesus was like, hey, chill, Martha. She's just duding with us. It's all good. And I was like, that's such an, it, like, I didn't think of that as, like, such a revolutionary thing in that manner. Yeah. I thought it was just kind of like, no, be in the moment like Mary. Martha is, like, being all serious and stuff, right? And it's like, it's right. almost like there's two lessons cool. there. But I was like, it's kind of interesting because yeah. there's little things throughout the Bible that you're like, whoa, God really elevated women. So, anyways, I'm looking yeah. forward to hearing that. Yeah, hopefully it'd be cool. We're um we gotta get everything like aligned on that kind of stuff. But I'm really excited about that. Um, because even though we we disagree on a lot of stuff, especially politically, yeah, I uh, mean this gentleman, it'll be cool because we can unite about these um the, our common things that we um we agree on. Oh man, it'll be yeah. cool. We'll be examples of Jesus. Yes, man, the stuff that unites us. Yes, and my album is almost done i finished the last track yes and should we should we announce the surprise on this i don't know i'm scared you're scared yeah 
But I think they have the right to be scared as well. Okay. All right. <laughs> so we got a little guest appearance. I got one feature on the whole album. Now I'm actually scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go cry on the side for a minute. I'm looking forward to see how it comes out. Yes. Hopefully it will be good. It and will be. people won't cry when, when they hear it. I assume it's <laughs> Yes. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. We love yes. you like we love our waiters. Oh. And we'll tip you if no, that doesn't work at all. We don't we won't tip you by saying that. We by no means mean that we will tip anybody here. Unless you're a waiter. Bless, blessings, homies. Um Catch you on the flippity floppity. Toodaloo! Air smudge.